God. I am so, so thankful to be your child. I'm so thankful that you are not only my father, but you are a really good father. And God, you love me. You love these students. God, thank you for being here in our midst tonight. Thank you for being in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. God, let your word convict our hearts. God, let your word inspire us. God, teach us tonight. Give us ears to hear what you would say. God, I'm asking that you would teach me tonight. God, that you would convict my heart tonight. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Everyone said amen. So, I've... oh. You guys are fantastic. So um, I had a picture to show you, but I couldn't figure it out. But it was a picture of me and my twin sister. I have a twin sister. Don't worry. She looks nothing like me. She's actually the size of my left leg, and she's really smart, and she's pretty funny. And we both like to drink Pepsi. Actually, I don't like Pepsi anymore, but back in the day, we used to love Pepsi together. And we both love cleaning, like love cleaning. And so uh, we spent our entire lives going to church camp as kids. And I wish you could have seen a picture because we had these matching plaid coveralls on. Not coveralls, like overall short things. They were hideous, man. They were ratchet. And um, we went to camp, and I loved camp. Man, I loved church camp. And I was thinking earlier, and I, I wrote down some memories I have of camp. And so here's my memories. Glow-in-the-dark dinosaurs. I don't know why we had glow-in-the-dark dinosaurs. And it was epic. We had the ultimate killer camp store slash canteen. And every day I might have bought two Butterfingers. Um, there was also one year that there was this really cute boy and he was a redhead. I have no idea why. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that's in my past. And then one year we had this talent show. And I entered the talent show. And my talent that I entered, that I no longer have, and perhaps never had, was to sing a song. And the song went like this. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. But then the chorus, you're like, okay, cool, Tara, don't do that again. But here's the tricky part, and this is why I had to keep practicing, because the chorus went like this, and you're supposed to clap while you sing it, and I ran out of breath like I'm about to knit out. Ready? Oh, Lord. See, I can't even clap no more. I can't. I've lost the rhythm. Whatever. But I remember the talent show, and I remember singing that song. Nobody's asked me to sing since. Whatever. We also, at overnight camp, we had a ginormous water slide. I'm talking wedgie for days because it was so long and so steep. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Great. I'm one of seven in the room. Fantastic. I also, one year, there was this girl in my camp named Nina. Everyone say hi, Nina. Hi, Nina. And she slept on a bunk beneath my sister. I was on top bunk one. My twin sister was on top bunk two. And Nina kept talking to us about how she plays soccer. And we're like, oh, okay, cool, you play soccer. Like, that's awesome, you know? Not a big deal. But she kept talking about how strong and how powerful her legs are. This is at church camp, you know? Like, I'm here to learn about Jesus. I'm not trying to find out about your legs, okay? <laughs> and, and Nina's like, yeah, I got really strong legs. And she kept doing, I know some of you campers do this because I've seen you. I would lay down and demonstrate, but that won't be a good idea. She kept putting her legs up on my sister's bed and doing the lift. You know what I'm saying? She kept doing the lift. Well, one time, one time, 
Little Miss Soccer Player Nina took it too far because she kicked real hard and my sister's bag went bloop and crashed. Now, I'm at church camp and I'm sweating bullets because we're about to get in trouble. Like, I'm convinced that I'm going to get kicked out of church camp because of what happened on my sister's bed because of soccer player Nina. And I think that God isn't going to love me the rest of my life. Anyway, it worked out. I also loved camp because of what we called Vespers, which is a weird old school word, Vespers. And Vespers was a time where we would have a campfire and we would go and we'd gather and we'd donate blood to mosquitoes and we'd smack the flies off our face and someone would play a guitar and someone would sing. But you know why I loved Vespers? Because I encountered the living God around that campfire. I can't explain it, but there was something about the way when I began to sing to God, I could feel his realness. It's like, oh, snap, this dude is for real. I could sense how he wanted to be there and how he enjoyed our singing, no matter how bad it was. See, it was at church camp that I met God. I was eight years old when I asked Jesus to live in my heart. When I surrendered my life to God, I said, God, I'm a sinner and I need you to come save me. It was 11 years old when I was at camp. I was 11 years old, and I told God that I would serve him the rest of my life. Camp holds a very special place in my heart, just like it does for some of you. We've been talking this week about death to selfie, and like Kevin said Monday night, selfish is not a choice. Selfless is a choice. We are all born selfish sinners, in fact, ratchet, to the core. But God had a plan. He always has a plan and his plan always works. Peter. Peter is the one who promised Jesus he would love him forever and he would follow him forever. And Peter himself denied Jesus three times. And Jesus responded, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Last night, Mike talked about sin and how it's a disease of our soul, and we're all born with it, and we all make bad choices, and we all get it wrong. But how Christ comes in and he purifies. Tonight, this is it. We're going home tomorrow. I know, sadness. Tonight's word, surrender. Surrender. Surrender means this, to agree to stop fighting, hiding, resisting. Because you know that you will not win or succeed. To give the control or use of something to someone else. As a child, I learned how to surrender. My big brother, Keith, I have no idea why he did this, but he used to pin me down to the ground. He'd grab my nose real hard, and he'd say, Tara, live or die. This was my response. Live for Jesus. (laughs) And then he'd let go. Surrender means to give up because you know in the end you're not going to win. I think if we're being honest in this place tonight, we're not ready to go home. And it's not just because we're going to miss each other or we're going to miss our super luxurious bunk beds that are so comfortable. It might be because you're going to miss the killer food in the cafeteria, but the reality is we're not ready to go home because you haven't dealt with your stuff. And I haven't dealt with my stuff. We've heard it all week long, death to selfie and what it talks about. It's one thing to sing the words of a song. We've sang it all week. Take my life, I give it all to you. But what does that really look like? 
How do we live this thing out? Our memory verse says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. We've talked about turning from our selfish ways, taking up our cross, and following him. But did you catch the last part? We hang on to our lives by the way we allow things to stay in our lives. And those things become idols when they are not of God. Bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, secret sin, pride, our own possessions. Let's take a look at how an idol did or did not work out. I'm hopping to 1 Samuel. It's before 2 Samuel, if you didn't know that. 1 Samuel chapter 5 says this. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. You don't like your name? At least you're not named Ebenezer. Could be worse, friends. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon. Everyone say Dagon. Dagon. And set it up beside Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and they put him back in his place. But when they rose early on the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. Let me break this down for you. The Ark of God, back in Bible times, represented the literal presence of God. Samuel said earlier, God is here tonight. Okay, His presence is here. That means like God is chilling in the room. So the Ark of God represented the very presence of God. Dagon was a fish guy that these people worshipped. Okay? He looked like a fish. It had something to do with fish. I don't know. But they worshipped this Dagon guy. Okay? So check this out. When they brought the Ark of God, they put it in there, and the statue fell down. Day one, statue falls down, face downward. How did the statue fall down? Do you really think they set it up and it was like kind of janky how they set it up? I don't know. That, that could be the case. So they set it back up. But day two, they set Dagon back up in front of the ark of the Lord again. And they go back the next morning and the head and the hands are cut off the statue. Sounds a little silly to me, right? Sounds silly to anyone else? Here's the reality. There's a lot of us in this room tonight, and we're holding on to things instead of giving them to God. We sing the songs, but sometimes the words we sing don't match the way we live. Colton, can you come here? How many of you have ever prayed before and you're like, God, uh, would you help me with this service? Would you would you help me with this situation? Anyone? Okay, how many of you are like, God, take this sin away from me. I don't want to do it anymore. Anyone? How many of you have ever given anything to God and then you get frustrated because it seems like you still have it? Anyone? Okay. Thank you, Colton, for your help. If you will assume the position. This is how we do sometimes, okay? I'm pretending right now that I'm God, which I'm not, okay? I'm pretending that Colton is my problem or my sin or whatever I'm giving God, right? So we're like, God, would you help me with this? And God's like, okay, sure, no problem. I've got that. And God tries to take it, but we hang on to it. Anyone with me? We're not really trying to give it to God. Thank you, Colton. I don't want to do that again. 
I'm out of breath. We try to give it to God and we pray, God, take this thing from me. I don't want it anymore. But the reality is you're not letting go of it. You're hanging on to it. That's how we are with God. We come to camp. We sing a song. But for some of us, when we go home, we take things that we should have surrendered to God. It's not enough to just sit and listen to the word of God. It's not enough to say, oh, Mike, that was a great word. Oh, Kevin, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, selfish is not a choice. Selfless is a choice. Yeah, that's good. It's not enough there. God wants to give you more. We spend all of our time and energy building our own little kingdoms that will never last. The entire time that we're busy doing that, God is offering us his kingdom, which lasts for all of eternity. It's an upgrade. It's always an upgrade with God. If I offer to take you out for a nice steak dinner, the best steak in San Angelo is $28. It does not include tax or tip. If I offered to take you to a steak dinner, me and you, we're just going to go chill, kill some steak. It's a big old juicy steak. It's good. And, and you would probably say maybe this. Oh, that's okay. If you could just get me a hamburger Happy Meal from McDonald's, that would be good. Right? Probably, hopefully none of you would do that, but some of you would do that, and that's how it is with God. Because we hang on to all these things and all these people that mean so much to us, and God's like, but if you'll let go of that, I have so much more I'm trying to give you. See, it's not that God is some jerk or some punk and he's trying to punk you out in your sin. He knows that sin hurts and it separates you from God and it causes problems and it causes a mess. And because he's a good father, he doesn't want you to experience that. But we hang on to that sin because we love it, if we're being honest. We enjoy it. We say, oh, Jesus died on a cross, I'll just pray later. And God is trying to give you so much more. It's an always an upgrade with God. God has so much he wants to give you, but you're not ready because your hands are full of stuff and things and people. Surrender is often represented by a white flag. Most of the time it represents something bad, but never with God. The ways of God are always flipped upside down. Mean people, bless them. People that have wronged you, forgive them. Someone takes something of yours, give them something else. Want to save your life? Then lose it in me. Want to hang on to your own life? You'll lose it. Don't have anything to give anyone? Give anyway. Bless those who curse you. Think about others more than yourself. And the list goes on and on. But instead, we frame ourselves and we hang it on the wall and we say, look at me. Says self for those of you who can't read it. Look at me. Cute picture? Yeah. Look at me. Look at my accomplishments. But the reality is this. You're never enough. You will never be enough outside of Jesus Christ. I don't care how many selfies you take. I don't care how many followers you have on Instagram. I don't care how many retweets you get or likes you get on Facebook or who's in your inner circle, or how many people text you every day. I don't care if you get 50 notifications on your cell phone. You will never be enough because you were born broken and sinful. I will never be enough. It doesn't matter if my shoes match my outfit or not. I'm not enough outside of Jesus Christ. We get so full of ourselves and our accomplishments, it's like a trophy case. Yeah, look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I haven't done. Go me. 
I've never cussed in my life. Go me. And it becomes a trophy. It's called being self-righteous. Look at me. I've never done this. Or look at me and, and look at what an incredible athlete I am. Or look at how I can sing. Or, or look at how good I look at my clothes. Or look at how many friends I have. We all have our trophy case. Don't we? We collect trophies. And on the hard days, on the bad days, we pull those out. We polish them. Give them a little spit and shine. Say, yeah, I'm good. I'm good enough. But the reality is this. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Your accomplishments, your treasures... Your trophies, nothing about this points to Jesus Christ. It's worthless. The Bible says that the treasure is inside. It's internal. It's like a jar made of clay because it shows that the power belongs to God and not to you. Are you catching it? You are not enough. You will never be enough outside of Jesus Christ. Only one displays the power and love of God. Your own trophies or a jar of clay? Your trophies fade. They look like rubbish compared to what God can do in a person's life who is surrendered. Jesus can do more in one moment of surrender than you could in three lifetimes of trying to get it right yourself. Jesus can do more in one moment of surrender than you could in three lifetimes of trying to get it right yourself. And for some of us, it's all about us. All about us. We don't even know that we are living like that. Pride sneaks in. Look at me. Pay attention to me. Hear me. See me. Know me. Look at what I've done. And some of us, we're so desperate to get the attention that we will act a fool to get the attention that we're trying to get. I see it all the time. I'm not paying attention to you. You're going to start acting crazy and clowning around so that I will pay attention to you. Listen, you will never be enough outside of Jesus Christ. You will never be enough. On the flip side is the cross. It's ugly. It's heavy. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. Yes. Yes, it is. And we don't even know how true that is, but Jesus Christ does. He's always more than enough. You are not enough. You will never be enough outside of Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ is enough. He paid the highest price so that you wouldn't have to. You really think Jesus endured the cross so that you could spend the rest of your life sinning and enjoying it? I'll be honest, I enjoy my sin. I'm not proud of that. I'm just being for real. Do I really think that Jesus endured the cross so that I could clown around and just say, oh, God will forgive me later? We're not promised a later, man. Life is like this. Do you know what Jesus endured on the cross? I spoke about it the other night. 
they had what's called a flagellum. And it's a ball made of bone pieces and metal pieces that stick out in their strips. And it's like a whip, and they literally beat him. And it tore flesh off of his back. Do you think Jesus did that so you could climb around with your life? I mean, they ripped the hair out of his face. I don't know if you've ever plucked a hair. I'm in a phase of plucking hairs in my life. And it's painful. They ripped the hair out of his face. Do you think that they ripped the hair out of his face and that Jesus endured that so that you could get followers on Instagram? The Bible says that they beat him up so bad that you couldn't recognize him. But we want to say, look at me. Look at my accomplishments. Yeah, go self. Look at what I've done. Look at what I haven't done. Do you really think Jesus endured the cross? When he tells us to take up our cross, he's not even asking you to die. He's not. He's not asking you to climb on a cross and die. But he's asking you to give your life and to trust him because he knows as a good father that that's where you hit the jackpot. That's where your treasure is. They not only beat him up, they made fun of him. They mocked him. The same people that Jesus healed, the same people that Jesus fed, the same people who Jesus blessed their children, the same people that Jesus gave clothes to, they were the literal ones making fun of him on the cross. And they spit on him. And they laughed at him. They mocked him and they scorned him. Do you really think Jesus endured that so we could frame our cute little lives and say, look at me? See, there's a challenge in here for you guys tonight. There's more. God the Father wants to give you more, but you have to choose to surrender. Self or surrender. That's your two options. We're going home tomorrow. Some of you are going home to bad homes. I get that. That was me as a kid. Man, I loved camp. I loved hearing about a really big God who could save the day. I loved being empowered and inspired to go home and to walk this thing out. Because the reality is, we're not going to live at camp forever. And you're going to go home, and you're going to go home to some messes. You're going to go home to families that don't believe in God. You're going to go home to friends and to cell phones and to video games. So here's the question you've got to ask yourself. Self or surrender? It's that simple. The ways of God are completely flipped upside down than how we live our lives. He said, if you want to have life and have it to the fullest, then you have to give it to me. That's what he said. Point blank. It's in the scripture verse that some of you have memorized. But what we do is we hang on to it and we say, oh, I love my life and I want to keep it. And he says, if you do that, you'll lose it. Self or surrender. But God, I don't want to take up my cross. I don't want to die to myself. I love me. Anyone ever said that before? I don't want to give you my life because maybe I don't trust you. Because I love my life. Because what if I change my mind? What if it's too hard? What if you ask me to do something I don't want to do? 
You will never be enough. That is why God the Father sent Jesus Christ, because He is enough. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. Broken self, full of sin and darkness, or surrender? Beautiful cross, full of grace and love. There's an invitation tonight, an opportunity to surrender. You can keep your trophies and your idols, or you can make an exchange. Life or death. Do you love God? I'm not asking for a hand raise. I'm asking in the deepest place of your heart, do you really love God? Because it's easy. Oh, man, it's so easy to say it with words. But to live your life in a way that shows that is hard. Do you love God? Do you love God more than these? Do you want to follow God? Will you surrender tonight? For some of you, that might just be your heart and your life. If you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life, listen, you only have to do that one time. You don't have to get saved every summer at House of Faith Camp, okay? But for those of you who have never asked Jesus to live in your heart, tonight you have an opportunity to surrender and to say, you know what, man, God, I'm all in. Like, I want whatever you have for me. For some of you, It'll be an idol in your life. You know what my two idols are that I'm working through right now? One is sugar, because I really love sugar a lot. Like, I love sugar more than Jesus. I know that sounds silly, and I don't really have time to explain, but it's just a thing for me. And so right now, I'm trying to crush that idol of sugar. And I'm, man, I'm trying real hard. And I have friends that are helping me with that. But you know what my other one is? It's unforgiveness. Because I have people in my life, oh man, that have hurt me deeply. And sometimes I get mad and I want to smash their face in. But the reality is this, when I look at their offense compared to my own offense in light of the cross, I'm reminded that I am not enough and I never will be, but Jesus Christ is. And holding unforgiveness or bitterness in my heart against anyone is flat out a sin. For some of you, It might be a different idol, video games, social media, music you listen to. A lot of y'all were singing to a song in the cafeteria. It's a terrible song. That's an idol, and God will not tolerate it. Do you really think that Jesus endured the shame and the scorn and the pain of the cross so that we could sit around and sing at church camp? You used to call me on my cell phone? I I doubt it. I might be stepping on some toes, but listen, we got to get for real about our business. You have to decide what your life is going to be like. Self or surrender. That's the only two options. Self or surrender. One leads to life, one leads to death. For some of you tonight, it'll be your self-image. You'll surrender your self-image. For some, that's pride, that's arrogance, that's cockiness, that's look at me, I'm so great. I'm the bomb.com. And for some of us, it's a negative self-image. I'm fat. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. Nobody loves me. I'm never good enough. I'll never be anything. I'll never do anything. They're both just as wrong in the eyes of God. Some of you tonight need to surrender that and to say, you know what? God, I'm not enough, but Jesus, you are enough. A white flag is a sign of surrender. Tonight, 
Each of you are going to receive a little white flag. You don't have to do anything with it. But it's an opportunity for you to say, God, I'm for real on this thing. Like, I am done. I am done. Because at the end of the day, you and I both know that as much as we love ourselves, we're not enough. And we never satisfy. Is that true? That's true. So here's what we're going to do. My helpers are going to start passing out flags. I want everyone to stay quiet. And we're just going to pass out these flags. And on these flags, here's the instructions. You are to pray and to ask God if there's something you need to surrender. And then we're going to pass out pens and pencils, and you can write that on the flag. But right now, I just want you to stay sitting down, and I'm going to give you instructions. Um, I'm going to pray, and then, and then we'll go. Um, God, thank you for tonight. God, thank you that you are enough. Jesus, that you are more than enough. And God, I thank you for what you're doing in this room tonight. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of these campers. And Holy Spirit, we give you free reign in this place tonight. God, I pray that the deepest things in our hearts that need to be given to you would happen tonight, God. That you would allow it to happen. God, I pray for each each of the people in the room, God, that you would give them understanding. That you'd speak to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everyone listen. No one move. Everyone listen. Campers, listen. Listen. This is between you and God. Do not talk right now. Adults in the room, this is for you too. This is not just for campers. This is for me too. I'm going to get a white flag. Okay? We're going to turn up the song. I want you to listen to the words. Pray to God. Ask Him what He would have. And then I'll give you further instructions. Baby, you